The 8-3 and three Cowboys tonight begin a stretch of five games against uh, teams uh, that are at least 500 at this point of the season. Out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined in the sports zone by Michael Gelkin of the Dallas Morning News. Michael, it's good to have you on the show. And uh, let's start with uh, what's your assessment of the Cowboys uh, at this point of the season? Well, it's, it's, it's hard to, as you mentioned, the competition here that's coming up, it's hard to be too optimistic about the Cowboys uh, just on account of, of them not having beaten a, a team like the Eagles or the 49ers, you know, losing those games both on the road. Eagles won that they certainly could have and maybe even should have won, uh, but the Niners were there, were just totally trounced. And, and so I think after – you know, games like that, you know, obviously you, you, you want to not just overlook what you're seeing against some lesser competition. And, and there's reason for the Cowboys to be really encouraged about how far they've come since that week five loss to San Francisco in particular. But overall, I, I think this is still a team that I'm learning more about uh, based on what it will do when it, again, against, against more well-rounded opponents. You know, they certainly have proven that they can pummel the bad teams, except for, of course, the mighty Cardinals. Uh, did they just overlook the Cardinals back on September the 24th? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's the, – the Cowboys, obviously, on their offensive line, there's, there's five guys. Three of their starters have run on the field. Um, yeah, so that's that's, true. that's something that they felt. Um, you know, I think defensively, that said, you know, the, the Cardinals ran all – over them, and when it comes to the reason why, I, I would probably—that's where I would probably begin to entertain the idea that, you know, maybe the, the Cowboys didn't play with enough juice for whatever reason against a, a lower-level opponent. Uh, that that shouldn't happen, and it really hasn't happened uh, since. I mean, the first half of that game, uh, the, the, the Cardinals were, were just so successful on the ground. So um, I, I believe that's fair. But overall, to tally that game, and maybe the Cowboys have enough offensive success. Uh, to overcome the poor run defense in the first half uh, if they have uh, even one or two of those three missing offensive linemen. That makes sense. All right, Mike McCarthy, uh, back calling plays, replacing Kellen Moore. Uh, what has changed most either scheme-wise or with the play calling or both? Yeah, there's a lot there. Um, a lot has changed. Um, and a credit to not only Mike McCarthy, but his coaching staff, offensive coordinator Brian Schottenheimer, uh, some of the other assistants on staff, uh, they took a really, really hard look at what they have done in the past under Kellen Moore. And they stripped or tweaked uh, a lot of it. Uh, some of the language changed. Uh, we saw at the start of the season, ball was getting out of Dak Prescott's game a lot more quickly. Re- recently, that's, that's actually shifted, uh, where now the Cowboys have really leaned into being an offense where when Dak Prescott's dropping back, you know, there's that initial 2.3 seconds where, where things are more scripted in terms of the quarterback's footwork being aligned with the receiver's route running. Um, and then after that 2.3, it's, you know, it's a lot more just, you know, a scramble drill and, and, and guys just kind of making plays. And, um, you know, there's, there's some organization to the chaos, but um, the Cowboys have gotten a lot more efficient after that initial 2.3 seconds, and they're doing a lot more of it. So um, that's something that Mike McCarthy is constantly preaching. Um, you know, some of the routes they're running, protections are totally different. Uh, with Mike Solari, new offensive line coach, running backs are have to do more in protection. Their outside zone is a little bit different. So there's a lot of dramatic changes under Mike McCarthy, but I think that the 2.3 clock with, with Dak Prescott has probably been the biggest change over the past several weeks. 
and that's something that Dak Prescott and, and Mike McCarthy have embraced. Michael Galkin of the Dallas Morning News, crowing in the sports zone. Cowboys and Seahawks play tonight on Thursday night football. You mentioned Dak. He's graded as the number one quarterback this season by Pro Football Focus. What has he excelled at uh, at this point, and uh, you know, where do you think he's improved the most from last season? I think the, you know, it's probably piggybacking a little bit off of what he does in terms of extending plays and, and, and you know, and, and all that. I think his footwork is, is, is cleaner. Um, I think the, the Cowboys, as a collective group, including coaching staff, they've just done a really good job of having an understanding throughout the offensive personnel, including Dak, and receivers, and so forth, of, of, of what they're trying to accomplish on a certain play. You know, understanding the why. You know, why is Mike McCarthy calling it this situation, and, and how do things work hand in hand? Of you know, offensive line protection. Uh, the, the quarterback's footwork, the receivers' route running, and then obviously with C.D. Lamb, uh, you know, performing at the level at which he's performed. Uh, Brandon Cooks has been a great addition. Uh, so this is a, a, a better receiver core than it was last year. If you recall, last year the Cowboys were in their first season without Amari Cooper, without Cedric Wilson, with the Dolphins, and their, you know, replacement, so, or so to speak, um, you know, James Washington, kind of one-year contract uh, from Pittsburgh. I think he caught a pass. Maybe he didn't. I mean, it was that kind of a year for him. And then Jalen Tolbert, a third-round pick out of South Alabama, he also did next to nothing. So uh, Brandon Cook, uh, his arrival, uh, that was a big deal for the Cowboys to get a little more help uh, for Dak Prescott in terms of the receiver core. You mentioned Lamb. He's obviously had some monster games. Uh, yeah, how has he specifically improved in his career with the Cowboys? There's been obviously multiple facets to it. Uh, he hasn't just improved in one area. Um, I would say he's, he's definitely more comfortable with Dak Prescott. You know, they put in a lot of time. They had a moment, uh, you know, in Week Five against the 49ers where C.D. Lamb felt like he wasn't getting the ball enough. And he looked at his production ever since, and no doubt Lamb had a point. Um, but you know, those sorts of conversations along with offseason time with Dak Prescott, that the chemistry is just much better, which obviously helps with the receiver. And then, more technically speaking. Uh, he's, I would say, more efficient with his movement from the top of his route. Uh, so, that, so that's important. So he, he, you know, he has a stem, and then what he does at the top of it to get that separation uh, in and out of his breaks, uh, that, that's been noticeable. And then I think he's a stronger player, too. Uh, you know, so when he was at Oklahoma, C.D. Lamb was getting a lot of yards after the catch. We're seeing a lot more of that here in Dallas, uh, in, in part because of his comfort, in part because of the increased play strength, and also you know, credit Mike McCarthy as well. Um, for, for giving him opportunities to do to make plays at that space, and then finally uh, he just moves around so well. He can play the X, he can play the Z, he can play the flanker spot and slot, and, and that ability to move around uh, and be more fluent than ever in, in Mike McCarthy's offense uh, really makes it difficult to, to just, as a defense say we're going we're to take 88 away. Uh, when he's on the move like that, it, especially when he's moving into the slot, it, it just becomes uh, much more difficult for teams. To, to focus in on them, and if they do, again, more help this year in the receiver core. Okay, Tony Pollard, I promise this is not a fantasy question. I'm sure you're tired of hearing from the fantasy people about Tony Pollard. Uh, is he uh, still recovering from the injury that obviously the playoff loss against January, that was a bad injury? Is he still recovering from that? Is he maybe just not physically equipped to be a workhorse running back? But I have noticed the last two or three weeks he's broken more tackles, so I'm kind of confused here. 
Yeah, well, I think it's it's a little confusing. Um, so he's recovered. He's recovered from the leg fracture that he suffered in January and the playoff loss to the Niners. He's recovered from that. But if, if you were to, you know, first, you know, 10 games of the season, I, I would have looked at what Pollard had done and told you that I think they're giving the ball way too much. I think they need to get Rico Dado more involved, uh, who's more of a physical type of guy, and let, you know, let, 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 Rico be that change of pace and, and, and keep Tony Pollard fresh. He's not showing that he can be explosive and physical throughout the course of the game. And, and so that conversation that we would have had, it, it sounds a little bit different today because of the past two games that Pollard has had, uh, where to your point, to your point, he is running with much more strength. You know, he's, he's, he's evading four potential tackles on his way to a 21 yard touchdown. Uh, we, you know, we've seen that, uh, you know, we're just seeing a little bit more invasiveness, a little more strength. Um, and so that is encouraging when your running back is getting stronger as the season goes on. I still think Rico Dattle is an important player. If it was a fantasy conversation, which I know it isn't, but you mentioned it. I'd probably be handcuffing <laughs> him in my, in my league. Um, but, I, ha- uh, I have Dattle, by the way. So I guess that this part kind of is fantasy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, good job. Very shrewd move. Um, but, yeah, so – it is encouraging to see the, the, the progression for, for Tony Pollard over the course of the year um, because, you know, last year uh, his running backs coach here with the Cowboys, who's now with the Buccaneers, his running backs coach said that we cannot give Tony Pollard too many carries because he will slow down. And so we want to keep him fresh because we don't think he can sustain that level of, of dy- dynamism um, if we give him 15, 20 carries a game. And so that kind of – loomed into this year when the Cowboys started to give him those carries and he didn't really respond that well until these past couple of games. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, if I'd made more shrewd moves, I would not have had to go out and get Dowdle on my fantasy team. So to be truth be told. All right. We're talking with Michael Galkin from the Dallas morning news. Okay. Let's rip this, uh, flip this. He tried to say rip or flip uh, to the defense. If I remember correctly, the last time we talked was just after Trevon Diggs had the uh, season ending surgery and injury. And you talked up uh, Deron Bland. Uh, would you like to do a victory lap uh, on the pick six uh, King of the world here right now? Yeah. Five pick sixes. I don't know if I saw an NFL record being, set like that or the way he has in you know 11 games um it's pretty pretty sensational but it's not a surprise to see someone who, who just doesn't get too emotionally high or low uh, he's just so steady i probably said that when we last spoke um he, he's just well equipped to handle the rigors of the nfl the rigors of his position you know he, he's a guy who if he gives up a 35 yard you know you know pass you know go route whatever it may be he you look at him, and it looks like he just got a PBU. I mean, he's that consistent. I'm shocked that he spiked the football after his record-breaking fifth pick six last week on Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, you know, you just don't see a lot of emotion out of him. Um, so he's kind of been just Mr. Automatic ever since he got here. Uh, not to say that emotionally, internally, he says that he does get, he does feel things. So he's not a true robot. But uh, what he puts out there in terms of how he carries himself. He's just someone who it's never been too big for him. Um, and so Cowboys are really, really pleased with the 2022 fifth-round pick out of Fresno State, uh, former transfer out of Sac State. I'll, I'll give him a little shout-out as a, as a UC Davis alumnus um, across the causeway. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, 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 they're really uh, – Cowboys really, really pleased, obviously, with what they got 
uh, out of Bland, that, who just won uh, minutes ago the NFC Defensive Player of the Month. Hmm. Okay, so you know Micah Parsons. It seems like the last couple games they've put him uh, uh, more over guards and centers than they did, at least that I recall in the past. Is that an accurate assessment by me? And I assume that might continue. They, they may be doing it more, but it's something they've always they always have done um, ever since he was a rookie. Um, they were, uh, you know, he was maybe more of a linebacker, no doubt, um, at that point. But you were seeing him, uh, you know, mug the a gap, uh, which is when you know, before the snap, he'll, you know, he'll creep right over from, again, from linebacker off the ball. And all of a sudden he's stepping either right directly in front of the center in the zero technique, or he's mugging the A gap. Truly, he's, you know, either he's inside, uh, or he's out, he's, he's inside the left guard or inside the right guard. And he's getting right there um, between guard and center. And mm-hmm. he, he creates all sort of stress on an offensive line because you have to count for the possibility he's going to rush that A-gap. And so you're communicating at the line of scrimmage, you know, the seconds before the snap, you know, accounting for number 11. And then because of his 4-3 speed, I mean, he creates a challenge if he decides he's going to bail on the coverage instead. And, and, and then that would free up a teammate for, for a one-on-one matchup where otherwise they might not be. So he, he's always created issues with his ability to rush the A-gap. But now I, I do think it's fair to say we're seeing it more where it's just kind of a true – you know, almost like not quite like a defensive tackle, but to some level where, you know, he's just going to rush it. You know, you, you, the coverage uh, opportunities are fewer, and, and he's just taking, uh, you know, the, the chances at rushing the quarterback and being successful with it, obviously. So, uh, yeah, Micah Parsons is, is so versatile, so dynamic, just like the way that Mike McCarthy has C.D. Lamb on the move and, and makes it a bit of a targeting issue if you're trying to eliminate him and, and, and contain him. It's the exact same thing with what Dan Quinn is doing and has been doing with Micah Parsons. Uh, he's often on the move. He might be your left end. He might be your right end. He might be on the ball on first down and off the ball on second and back on the ball on third or the rush at any gap at any point. Um, so it's, it's, it's what makes him dynamic is that versatility. It's, it's unlike anything. Um, I really, it, 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 it really doesn't have a, a historical comparison in terms of someone who can be as dynamic as Parsons as a linebacker and also dynamic as he is a defensive end and to be able to move in between. Certain guys have, have played both positions, sure, but not to the level at which Parsons does both. How does the Cowboys' defense match up against the Seattle offense tonight? And I think it's safe to say that the Seattle offense has been inconsistent for much of the season. Yeah, I don't know if I really know who the Seahawks are at this point in the season either. And they've got, obviously, a shorthanded situation at running back with Kenneth Walker not being able to play tonight. He's officially doubtful with an oblique injury, and he didn't practice all week, and he missed last week's game too, so it appears that he won't be playing. And so that's an obvious you know, hit to the Seahawks offense. Um, but the receiver core, Certainly is talented. I've always had a lot of respect for Tyler Lockett. He just seems like a, a complete pro. Um, you know, one of the best in the league. Quietly has, has done it for so long. And so I think that's probably any team that faces Seattle. That's that's a big challenge. Is, is, is you know, containing you know the, the receivers who are you know so different, so complementary. You know, what DK Metcalf does is, is pretty unique in terms of the physical challenge that he presents. But I look at the Cowboys defense, and you know, you got Drawn Bland on one side. You, you've got Vaughn Gilmore on the other, and I think Jordan Lewis in the slot is probably the big matchup to watch tonight. It's 
you know, how, how, you know what, what can the Seahawks do, um, you know, against him? You know, someone who's been extremely, extremely impressive over the course of his Cowboys career. He's coming off of a major foot injury, and, and you can't say enough about, about his toughness to have done so. Um, so we'll see how it goes uh, tonight. Um, but that's, that's probably one area to look. You know, Cardinals fans are cringing when anybody says Tyler Lockett. He has destroyed them over the years, no matter who the quarterback has been. So, yeah, they only get, they play one more time this year. So we'll see how that goes. Okay, I mentioned at the start of the segment, the Cowboys beginning the night had this five straight game stretch against teams that are currently above 500. What areas specifically must the Cowboys step up to avoid uh, – you know, basically step up where they really haven't stepped up the last couple of years against the elite opponents. Oh gosh. I mean, I, mean, I think at some level it's as simple as just winning, um, which is not a good answer. So I'll try to think of another, but I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to is, is they just need to find a way to, to get past these teams. And you know, obviously the Port ers they've already played them once this regular season. And if they're going to face them again, it won't be until January in the playoffs, but I, I just you, you keep coming back to, to that game uh, when they really couldn't do anything right. Um, you know, you, you moving forward into these five, you know, I think it's, it's it's being able to run the football. Um, you know, it still uh, needs to be proven that the Cowboys can can do that is, is run when they need to. Um, and so I think that's probably one area to look at. Um, defensively, I, I think we've kind of seen this defense do it all. Um, you know, they have overall stopped the run, but that's going to be a continued focus. Um, they have been able to take the ball away. They have been able to get after the quarterback and get pressures, if not sacks. So I think it's, a lot of it is just simply doing what you've done against lesser competition and, and proving that you can maintain that at some level against you know more top teams. And you know whether or not the Seahawks are, you know we'll, we'll probably have to wait another month uh, to really make that determination. But they've been good enough against enough teams where this is a proper test tonight. Okay, so uh, what are you expecting tonight against the Seahawks? You know, their Cowboys are favored by nine, eight and a half or nine. Uh, do you expect them to, you know, I assume you expect them to win the game, but do uh, you expect them to cover the game? <laughs> Boy, we're hitting fantasy, we're hitting gambling, we're, we're touching all the bases, aren't we? Uh, I'm doing, yeah, this is right I'm up my, these are right up my alley here. I got a long alley and they're both, they're both included in the alley. Your show, so there I... you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I got a winning by double digit points. I, that's my prediction. Um, you know, I, I, I just think the Cowboys are top to top to bottom, um, a, a more complete football team. Um, you know, you look at you know Geno Smith. You know, they're zero and three. The Seahawks are when Smith this season has been sacked more than twice, and I just think that the Cowboys are, are going to get mm-hmm. to him more, you know, more than two times. Um, obviously, that doesn't just because that's the stat so far doesn't mean that's the secret recipe. But I, I just think that they're going to give Geno Smith um, a lot of discomfort uh, tonight. And you know, with Zach Charbonnet running the football, second round pick out of UCLA, whose name I hopefully didn't mispronounce, um, he, he's going to you know be very capable of, of, of picking up uh, you know for Walker's absence. But, but even still, um, I, I don't know if I've seen I haven't seen enough of him in pass protection to, to really know. That, that having a rookie back there um, it won't be felt. So um, I do think the Cowboys are, are going to you know, win pretty soundly. And they've won 13th straight at AT&T Stadium, dating back to the last year. So uh, I think number 14 comes. Now, whether or not this is like the other five, road game, five home games this year, you know, the, the Cowboys have, have won them all by 20 or more points. 
uh, we'll see about that. I don't know about mm-hmm. 20, but I do think they'll do enough to cover. Mike, always a pleasure talking to you. I'm sure we'll be catching up later in the season, probably uh, once the playoffs get, get going. And uh, thanks always for the time. My pleasure. Have a great one. You too. Michael Galkin, Dallas Morning News. We, we did cover it all there. We covered the fantasy angle, which you know, I kind of you know threw out there, and covered the point spread, which I definitely threw out there. So there you go. All right, next segment, phone call.